No, come to Christ, repent of your sin, and run to the arms of the Savior who died on the cross for you, for me. Welcome back to another live video on ordinary people with extraordinary lives. Uh, very excited for today's live video as I will have my sweet friend Rhiannon Tellis joining us. And uh, as you might have seen before uh, on one of the posts that I um, share um, this week, I share a passage from Psalm 95 verses 1 to 2 that I would like to read to you guys as I would like all of us to just kind of be thinking and meditating on these verses today. Uh, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. As believers, we are called to worship our Lord, our Savior, uh, to worship him daily. And uh, as you can imagine, it is pretty easy. Praise the Lord in those times though, when things just seem to be going right for us, when things are going our, our way. But it's it's so much challenging when we are in the middle of trials, in the middle of the storm, or probably in a lifelong trial. And it's it becomes pretty difficult to um, to praise Him. But yet, we are still called to praise our, our Lord, our Savior. And you might ask yourself, um, when you've seen maybe people around you and you're like, you know their circumstances, you know their situation, and you might ask yourselves, how can this person still have a joyful heart? How can they still have this joy? If you know Rhiannon, uh, she is someone that, she's just always have this big smile and it's just full of joy. And everyone who knows her or anyone who ever I've ever heard talking about Rihanna, they're just like, she just has this joy that I can't understand. We're gonna be hearing her story. We're gonna be hearing how is it that in the midst of a, whatever it is that you're facing, you can still have this joy. What brings you that, what gives you that joy? I will have her join us right now. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Well, welcome to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. <laughs> um, extraordinary Lives because we serve an extraordinary God. And um, I'm just so grateful for you, so grateful for your friendship. I'm so grateful for the time that I've been able to share with you. I feel so blessed to have a friend like you in my life. And I am so happy to have everyone hear your testimony and get to know you a little better and to see uh, what the Lord has done in your life and what he continues to do. And today's episode is actually called A Joyful Heart. Mm -hmm. A Joyful Heart because when I think of you, I, I think of that. I think of just that joy described in the Bible. You're such a joyful person. Um, you bring joy to all of us. Not everything is. It's not a perfect life. There have been trials and there are still trials that you're facing. But before we get into that, how about you just give a little bit of introduction about yourself, uh, your upbringing, and also all the way up to the point when you are first introduced to the gospel. Yeah, so I um, didn't grow up in a Christian home. 
I um, was very much uh, brought into a broken family. Um, and that was evident even on the day of my birth. Um, I was born two pounds, 10 ounces, and I was diagnosed with a disability called cerebral palsy. It's a nerve uh, disability where um, the, the nerves in your brain are damaged. And um, I was born severely premature um, and had to have pretty much surgeries right away. Um, had a hole in my heart, uh, different things that, that had to happen. Um, and the situation um, was, a, was a trial in and of itself for, for both my parents. Um, but praise the Lord, I only had two surgeries um, throughout my life, which is a blessing from God because I have friends who have disabilities who've had um, 20 surgeries. Wow. So I counted as a grace from the Lord. Um, so like I said, I grew up in um, a broken family and I didn't, there was talks of um, faith in my family. Um, my dad is from a Catholic background and my mom's family is somewhat Christian, um, but it was never anything solid. Um, it was just what we had heard. Um, and so, um, because I didn't grow up in a Christian home, um, I, uh, met some friends who lived down the street from me, um, who became some of my dear friends and they were Mormons. Um, and if you didn't find me here at my home, you found me there at their house. Um, so after visiting multiple times and being there on a consistent basis, um, I started to hear about their uh, Mormon faith. They were LDS Mormons. Um, and they started to invite me to church um, and invited me to read the Book of Mormon um, and um, come to the different church activities that were happening. Um, and I agreed. I, even from a small age, not necessarily knowing a solid truth about God, I had an interest. And so I would go. I would go to these activities and they're wonderful people. They're um, so inviting and so loving. And I became attached to that. I became attached to that family aspect um, and that unity because like I said, I didn't experience that. Um, so, and my parents allowed me to go and I was grateful um, about um, so I started going when I was around 10 or 11, um, about 15 is when I really wanted to know, um, more about becoming a member. I didn't want to become, um, going sometimes and then not going. I wanted to become a member. And so I started taking the lessons from the Mormon missionaries. There's a series of lessons that you take. Um, and at the end of the lessons, they asked me um, if I wanted to uh, become part of the church and be baptized into the church. And I said, yes, I wholeheartedly thought I was saved. I thought that this was the security that I'd been seeking for my young life. And this was gonna be my family and, and my hope. It was very much a very false 
sense of security that I was seeking. I can't say that I truly believed what they believed in. I just wanted family. Um, but I did what they asked me. I read the Book of Mormon and did all that. And so when they asked me, I said, yes, I would love to become a member. Um, in God's providence, uh, one of my parents, uh, because I was underage, I had to get parental consent. One of my parents said yes, and the other one said no, which now looking back on it, praise the Lord, um, because that gave me, it didn't happen right away. Um, it gave me time. But from 15 to 18, I was solidly devoted. I went every Sunday, um, went to the Mormon uh, temple, um, although I wasn't allowed. And at the time, I I was very much um, devoted to the practices and, and would tell everyone about my Mormon beliefs. Um, so come 18, the day I've been waiting for, I very shortly um, after I turned 18, had the missionary final interview um, and he said, you're ready. You're ready to be baptized and be a part of our church. Um, so I got baptized. Um, there were so many people there. Um, but in God's mysterious grace, the first time I started questioning the actual Mormon religion was on the day of my baptism. I remember being in the bathroom, changing clothes with my sister saying, something doesn't feel right. Like, I, I don't know what it is. And I think that stemmed from the missionary interview that I had previous month before. Um, they had asked me a series of questions and the very first question they asked me was, do you believe that the prophet of the Mormon day church is the true prophet and i said yes it didn't dawn on me to my baptism that i was thinking why wasn't jesus christ the first question why would they ask me about a man a sinful man it makes no sense um, but i kept quiet <laughs> i was like there's all these people i'm gonna just go through with this and it'll be fine um, so I was baptized actually by the father of the family that I'd become so close to um, that in initially invited me. Um, but very slowly after that, I fell into sin. Instead of searching these um, curiosities and these questions that I had about the Mormon, the doubt about the Mormon faith, I just decided to fall into sin. I said, well, if God had led me in, for these eight years and this turned out not to be true then what can I trust in um, coming from a background of not trusting people I fully fell into that when it came to faith so I started living in sin I started living in secret sin very much secret sin while still playing the image of the good Mormon girl I moved out of my parents house um, and put on a show for everyone around me lied everyone around me um, and uh, because at that time everything was falling apart not only with my faith but with my family um, I developed an eating disorder I figured if I can't control anything around me the one thing that I can control is the food that I put in my mouth what goes in my mouth and what doesn't go in 
in my mouth. Um, and I continued that for about three years. Um, and to the point where doctors had to intervene and I had to go to meetings. Um, and uh, so that was the time when I was just in, in, in darkness. Um, and one day, randomly, I just decided, which now I see as a grace from the Lord, that I needed to move. I needed to get out of LA, which is the area altogether. And I had two of my best friends who lived in San Luis Obispo, which is in the coast. Um, one of them is a Christian, and so I called them. They said, you come out here. We've been trying to get you out here. I've known them since I was 12. We're like, we've been trying to get you out here for the longest time, and so I moved. I, within a week, found an apartment, changed schools, did everything, and moved. Um, and during that time, I stayed with my friends who are believers, um, and my friend's uh, wife, Nicole, just began an interest in me, a genuine interest in me. And I had distanced myself from everybody at that point. Um, but she just showed so much love and so much care for me. And she said, well, my husband loves you, so I love you. Um, and she just became just a dear friend. Um, and one night, her husband had to go to bed because he had to go to work the next day. And she just sat me down and just shared the gospel with me, raw gospel, that I was a sinner and Christ was the ultimate savior. Mormonism could not save me. The Book of Mormon is basically saying, calling God a liar because it's saying that the Bible isn't sufficient for God's truth. And so why continue it? She, she told me, Rhiannon, are you calling God a liar? Um, and just, I was confronted of my sin, what I'd been doing, um, and realizing it's a secret to me, but it's not a secret to God. Um, and uh, they, this couple, Eric and Nicole, um, started to invite me to church. Um, they went to us to a uh, church called Calvary Slow. It's a Christian church. Um, and I said no for a while, but by God's grace, um, he changed my heart and I agreed to go. And it was the first time that I had ever heard that I did not have to work for my salvation. The pastor, Pastor Brian, uh, preached through Revelation, um, and said, there's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. Um, that when we get into heaven, it is God's grace. Um, and I just remember, I had talked to Nicole about that specific um, topic, uh, telling her that Mormons very much believe in a workspace salvation, um, right before we had entered the church. And so when Pastor Brian started talking about um, faith in Christ alone through grace alone, her husband was sitting next to me and she was sitting beside him. We both leaned over and looked at each other directly in the eye and mouthed, what just happened? Oh my gosh. Um, and of course, Eric was like, what, what happened? Nobody tells me anything. 
um, and just rejoiced in that moment. They took me to a bookstore, a Christian bookstore, bought me a Bible, prayed with me. Um, I gave away my Book of Mormon. And from then on, I realized the depths of my sin and realized that my family is not, my family situation is not going to, I'm not going to be a victim of my family situation, um, that God is sufficient to carry me through, and that Christ deserves all the glory and all the transformed lives, transformed lives because he's worthy, he's worthy of it all. And so I started from ground zero. Um, I met some very solid um, Christian men who happened to be starting a Bible study in the apartment that I lived in. Um, they were all guys, but they assured me, this is not a men's Bible study. All of our women have, for some reason or another, can't come. Um, and they and they invested so much time in me. Um, they, when they should have been studying for finals, they were with me. And they constantly told me, this is more important. Um, this year, if we can help you, we will became dear brothers. Um, and so for about a year of meeting with them, consistently going to church, studying the Bible, um, and not getting enough of the Bible, praying. Um, the pastor of our church in San Luis Obispo said that baptisms were happening. It was actually Memorial Day weekend. And today I realized, I'm like, wow. My, it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got baptized Memorial Day weekend nine years ago. Um, wow. Yeah, in the ocean in San Luis Obispo. Um, it was beautiful. My mom came, my dad came, um, by God's grace. My Mormon friend, who the family that I was a part of, one of the daughters came. Um, and it was a joyous occasion. Mm. I... Um, was baptized and I uh, knew at that time that I was moving back to LA um, and I needed a solid biblical church. So I um, was going to a Pentecostal church for a while and uh, realized that this wasn't the gospel truth, that the pastor was not preaching from the Bible. Um, and so I Googled closest churches to my home and Grace Community came up, and I just knew that I had to come. I had not, I had not known about it. So the first Sunday I came, it was myself, my that same Mormon friend who had been so dear to me came. I called her and I was like, "Look, there's this big church, and I don't want to go by myself. Will you come for the weekend and come with me?" Um, and so she came, and I was living with a roommate that's Pentecostal. So it, was, it sounds like a funny joke, but it was myself, a Pentecostal, and a Mormon. And we all three, <laughs> three came into the church not knowing what was going on. <laughs> like, um, and at that time, Pastor John had just finished up Strange Fire. Um, and I just knew that this was a Bible preaching church, expository with elders and a heart for evangelism and accountability and um, 
it was just Bible studies and the sacrament. And this is where I knew where I belonged. Um, so God has done an amazing work in my life. And I am so grateful to be a weak vessel um, for his redeeming grace. I um, feel so unworthy, but am wholeheartedly devoted to um, evangelism and to um, studying God's word and being a part of the body of the church and putting off sin and putting on holiness um, and pursuing the Lord for his glory and for my good. And when that time comes, when I will um, be called home into glory and see my Lord face to face, I can't wait to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And not to be free. Oh yes, I look forward to having a new body free of the walker and free of the leg braces. But I can't wait to have a heart free of sin and to dwell with my Savior all the days of my life. Um, and that's what carries me through the trials. The trials before the cross versus after the cross, before my salvation versus after my salvation are night and day. They still very much exist. Um, but I, every time I face a trial, I have my dear discipler, Isabel LeBron, who I love so much. She is so faithful and other friends as well, so faithful to just preach the gospel to me. I call them and they're like, what do you need? I was like, just tell me who Jesus is. Just tell me who Jesus is and what he's done and what he wants of me. Um, I know that I'm a daughter of God and pray God for that, but I need to know who Jesus is. And Arlie, you've been so faithful and other dear sisters and brothers in the church, and I am eternally grateful. Um, I pray for my family every single day that they'll come to know the Lord and that the Lord will break them down the same way he broke me down. Um, and praise the Lord, he's doing a mighty work, even in this quarantine time where I'm around them 24-7. Um, they'll, sorry, my, my computer keeps with me. Um, they will see me reading the Bible, um, and questions have been coming up. My dad has been asking me questions, and these are the moments that I cherish. Um, so God is, is, did a mighty work and he's continuing to do a mighty work. And every time I meet someone who says like, I'm so encouraged by what you're doing. I was like, well, let me tell you about Jesus. Cause this is the only reason <laughs> why I have joy. And I strive to be a woman who has her heart hidden in his word, um, and serve those around me. And just um i'm so grateful for the gifts that he's given me um and the lord deserves all the glory he deserves more so praise god you you have been such an encouragement to me you 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 are my dear friend i love you so much mm -hmm. um <laughs> See, this is the power of Christ. For people who don't believe, or for people who 
think that, oh, I'm not as bad as the person next to me, or I haven't done what this person next to me has done, or I don't need God, I'm okay. No, come to Christ, repent of your sin, and run to the arms of the Savior who died on the cross for you, for me, to redeem a people to himself. This is the joy of Christ. He brings people from all different nationalities, all different areas of life, and brings them into a family and a unity that this world can't even come close to. These relationships, my friendship with you, um, I was telling my dad the other day, like, if the Lord in some way ever uh, wills for me to get married, Arlie is uh, Arlie is going to be my maid of honor. It's just this family that is going to be in my life for, for eternity. And this is what the gospel does. Um, it brings people together for forever to worship a Savior who has done a great work and who deserves more and all the glory yes and i am just so um thankful that i can see that love of christ in you um mm -hmm. you even go on a neighborhood out outreach with grace community mm -hmm. church because you're just so passionate about sharing the gospel with everyone you just mm -hmm want to bring the good news to everyone to abortion clinics you go and share the gospel and that is just such an encouragement to me just to see the love of christ in your life that your disability hasn't stopped you from serving your master serving you lord from sharing the the gospel even i mean you even we even traveled to dominican republic and you have no idea how grateful i am that the lord gave me that opportunity because we were able to spend some time with my grandfather who became mm -hmm. so interested in you and just started questioning me about what happened to her. Uh, what is wrong? Oh, she's going to have such a nice place in heaven because of this. And that in itself, it just gave me an opportunity to ask you, are you okay? If I share with my grandpa, he is questioning this. And the two mm -hmm. of us just end up sharing the gospel with my grandpa. And we spend that week and, well, we know that November he passed away, uh, my grandfather. And I'm just so grateful that the Lord gave me that opportunity that we got to spend that week with my uh, grandfather, that even through your disability, you know, it's like for God's glory. Like he became so interested and he just wanted to know. And then I got to explain to him, no, she is not going to heaven or she's not saved because she's being she's taking this disability in such a great way, right? And she and she is mm -hmm. such a nice person. No, it's not that. It's because of Christ, because she understands that the one who saved her, who died for her is Christ. I'm so thankful, Brianna, and I'm just so thankful for you and and for that, that I was able to share, you know, that we were able to share the gospel with my grandfather at that, mm -hmm. at that time. I would like to know how, um, before, obviously, you know, the Lord saved you. How did you deal with your disability differently than, than now? You know, like after mm -hmm. becoming a believer, how would you say it differed in the way mm -hmm. that you saw it to the way that you see this disability now as a believer? I was the queen of it's not fair. Mm -hmm. um, uh, all of my siblings were born with some type of drug in their system 
um, and they, by God's grace, are fine, are able-bodied, and I fell into, but why me? Um, I uh, always wondered why, um, always questioned uh, why me. But now, as a believer, I realize that sin is a product of the fall. Um, but in God's grace, um, I can't specifically remember where it is in the Bible, but um, it was a group of the Pharisees who were questioning Christ and said, uh, brought a, a man before them who um, was blind, I think, and said, well, which of his parents sinned because he's mm. blind? Was it his mother or his father? And um, Christ said, well, no, it is for the glory of God. Um, and realizing that um, my, my disability is a part of God's providential plan for my life. And I don't, I choose not to be hindered by it. I am not a, a victim in any way. And by God's grace, he's used the disability to bring his um, gospel forward. Oh, Glenda just said it's John chapter nine. Thank you, Glenda. Yes, thank um, you, Glenda. Yes. yes. Um, so I see every single moment in my life as God's grace and God's providence, and this is a part of it. Um, I strive to take care of the body that the Lord gave me um, and honor it through him in every way. So I will not be a victim. I will be, by God's grace alone, a mouthpiece for his gospel. Some resources that have been helpful to you, whether, you know, other, another book or other things other than the Bible mm -hmm. uh, that have been helpful to you as a new believer or possibly even when facing trials? Um, some reason I read, so John Piper is one of, I, one of my favorite pastors, um, and he has a book called God is the Gospel, um, and in that book, he just talks about how God is, if he asks, he asks in the book, if God, if Christ wasn't in heaven, would you want to go? Um, and so that book very much put into perspective Christ being my ultimate comfort, my ultimate anchor, my ultimate goal for heaven, that all these other gifts, while praise God, they're good gifts, they're not Christ. Um, so that book, his ministry has been such a blessing to me. Johnny Erickson Tata has been her outlook on life is a grace from the Lord. I got to meet her when she came to grace. Um, I wasn't planning on it. A, fr a dear friend dragged me into the, <laughs> the gym and said, no, you have to meet her. I was a nervous wreck. Um, <laughs> and just to see this woman who had just been so encouraging to me. Um, and so John Piper, uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, of course, John MacArthur, who is a solid man of the word and who preaches God's word for what it says. Um, they always, we always say at Grace, the Bible is its best teacher. Um, and different, different men through ministries, um, Hope Bible Study, um, 
Foundation Bible Study, my dear friend, um, Isabel Lebron, who's been my mentor for the past couple of years. Um, yeah, different um, resources that I've been gifted with, but ultimately um, the, the Bible is, is, is just sufficient in my life. And um, yeah, I love to read, I love books, but um, the one book that stands out among the rest is, is God is the Gospel by John Piper. And uh, what will you say to those people who are either watching today or be, or probably will be watching this video later on on the week if they're not believers, if they don't have that relationship with Christ, what would you like to say to those people today? Run to Jesus. He is sufficient for all things. Uh, he deserves, there are thousands and thousands of people who come to grace. Praise the Lord for that, but the Lord deserves more. The Lord deserves more people. Um, in, in that church um, for people who think, like I was saying before, that they're good enough or they haven't done what this person has done or committed that crime. Um, God doesn't look at that. Our God, Christ says to, that he is the only way to heaven. You come through God through me. Um, morality cannot save you, dear friends. If you think it can, it can't. That was what I was taught as a Mormon, is your actions are going to save you. Your morality is going to save you. It's, it's not. Um, only Christ's blood. Dear friends, do not put off today to what is called for. Do it now. Don't put off salvation. Do it now. We don't know when the Lord's going to return. We don't know when he's going to call us home. Our, our souls are at stake. Hell, hell is a very real thing. People don't like to talk about it, but it is, it is um, a very real thing where we, if we don't accept the Lord, we will be in hell for eternity, and our souls will live in hell for eternity. But by God's grace, he has provided a way through his son, Jesus Christ, to uh, be redeemed um, unto himself. Uh, we, the only medicine for our sinful hearts is the blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus. So come today. Don't put it off. Don't say, I'm okay. You're, you're not okay. You're, you're not. Um, and even as a believer, Christ continues to grow me. I don't have it all together because I'm a believer. I, um, Christ is the only thing that is right in me. So as a believer, you're going to continue to grow. You're not going to reach some uh, platform of morality. That is reached when we see our Savior face to face. So come today. Don't, don't come tomorrow because it's very real. God's word and what he says about not following him is very real. Amen. Amen. Do you have a Bible verse that you go to whenever you just need scripture? You're like, I need to go back to this verse. Yes. I, I, um, you even bought me the, the placard as a gift and it's hanging um, up on my wall. Um, and the, verse that I always go to, um, whether trial or not, 
is uh, Psalm chapter 27, uh, verse 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Um, that is the greatest hope of the gospel. I cannot wait till I get to live with the Lord in his temple all the days of my life. Um, I am so excited um, to be with him and to see all the saints that are past and present there as well. Um, so that um, keeps me anchored, keeps me going, that Christ is my hope, the hope of heaven, the hope of Christ is what carries me through. That verse is very dear to me. And I see it on my wall every day um, by your gracious heart to, to buy me. I'm, I'm very grateful. What are three things that brings you joy? Oh, Jesus Christ is definitely um, number one. He has been so kind and so gracious and so patient and so loving towards me. I love his word. Uh, so definitely Christ. Um, the church, I love Grace Community Church. It is, it is my home. I have so much joy every time I get to go there and be around the people that have become so dear to me. Um, and lastly, uh, evangelism. I am very passionate and can't wait to get back to neighborhood outreach when the Lord allows and or um, the abortion clinic. Um, the Lord has grown my heart um, for evangelism. So I would say Christ, uh, the church, and evangelism give me joy. Um, God has given me the gift of joy. I love people. Um, so I, uh, I use evangelism as a tool to, to talk to people. Um, so those, those three things, Christ, the church, and evangelism are my ultimate joys. <laughs> you love uh, a chapter from Romans 8, isn't it? Oh, yes. yes. I am just fascinated by Paul's life, um, the Apostle Paul, um, where God had took him from and brought him to. He was a murderer of Christians and uh, was very much a hater of the truth but for the Lord to um, break him down, cause him to be blind. And just the, the life of, of Paul is such an encouragement to me. And I think what I, what I love most about Romans 8, I'm turning to it now. Um, uh, I think that first, um, the first verse, um, there's no, there's, an, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Um, I am so grateful for that because coming from a Mormon background where you had to earn your salvation, no, there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ to realize that it's not... I don't do, there's a dear evangelist who has a heart for evangelism who always 
specifically to Mormons who had said once, who said, uh, it's not the, my good works aren't what saves me. It's a transformed life uh, that I'm able to, to, to do the good works. And I just, just love um, Paul's heart um, to speak the truth, um, just knowing that we are set free um, in Christ and in Christ alone, that no amount of salvation, no amount of works is going to equal our salvation. Oh, this dear evangelist said, it just came to me. He said, I don't do the works to be saved. I do the good works because I am saved. Even verse three, for God has done what the law weakened by flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful, a sinful flesh and for death, he can condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. It is such a testament of who we were and who we are in Christ. I'm so grateful again for your life, for the work of the Lord in your life, uh, for what he's doing at this moment, how he is glorified and your life how he's using you for his kingdom just so grateful for your friendship my dear friend i know that this will be a blessing to everyone who is hearing today and will be hearing mm -hmm. sometime this week for those friends uh those uh, believers friends out there i will i would love to have you share your story with us here um you can go on my instagram page and send me an email you can check one of my posts, some of the questions that we're asking for you to share your testimony and the work of the Lord in your own life. I think, you know, the Lord has given us all a testimony, a life to share for his glory so that people will get to know him and get to see the, the, the power of the gospel in our lives, sinners like us. Like I always say, we all need a savior. All of us need a savior. And that savior is our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, you can um, go to uh, my other page, uh, Out of Darkness Into Light. And today I officially made the Facebook page, Ordinary People with Extraordinary Life. So you can go and like the page. This is a whole series just dedicated for believers, followers of Jesus Christ who are sharing um, the work of the Lord in their lives, just like Rhiannon did today. And I will be back next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. again. Anything else that you would like to share, Rhiannon? Any last thoughts? I, I am so uh, grateful for this ministry that you've um, come up with, and you're one of the most creative people I've ever met. And so I'm so grateful that this is being used as a platform to uh, preach the gospel of Christ to see um, no matter what background you come from uh, believers have one thing in common and that is the grace of the Lord um, so I'm grateful for this ministry I'm grateful um, to the Lord for his kindness in continuing um, to build us all into Christ likeness and into the image so praise the Lord mm -hmm.